Welcome to Thrive Deeper, the show based on the Thrive Bible Reading Guides. This is an ongoing conversation about God's Word with Thrive author, Dr. Matthew Jacoby. I'm really looking forward to kicking into this next episode with Matt of Thrive Deeper. But just before we do, I've got some really exciting news for you. This is Stuart from the Thrive Deeper Network. Now, many people tune into a Thrive podcast every week. In fact, we are close to hitting 70,000 downloads from around the world since we started Thrive Deeper some four years ago. That's 70,000 downloads or 70,000 people potentially who have tuned in and listened to a Thrive Deeper podcast since we started. That's really exciting. And we are really encouraged by the feedback we receive on how these podcasts impact people's lives in very real ways. Now, our hope and desire is to continue to make the Thrive podcasts available for free. However, there are very real costs to make this happen. So, if you'd like to contribute to assist us in meeting some of these ongoing production and distribution costs, then we'd ask you to join our listener support program with a monthly subscription. Now, you can do this very quickly and simply. Here's how you do it. Just go to thrivetoday.tv. On your internet browser, thrivetoday.tv. At the top of the homepage, you'll see a button that says Donate. This will give you the option to support the Thrive Podcast with a donation of 5 or 10 or $50 per month. You can set your own support level, whatever's uh, achievable for you. So we hope you'll consider supporting this ministry in this way. To those who are monthly supporters, a really big thank you. Your contribution is helping us continue to provide the Thrive Podcasts to people around the world for free. Now let's get on to this next episode of Thrive Deeper with Matt. So that's cold good. morning, but it's a bit warmer in here, thankfully. It is. The heater is on. Yes, we're on a Saturday morning here. We are. <laughs> huddled in the studio. You know, I'm, I'm a little relieved actually today because uh, I'm, I'm relieved at the destruction of the Northern Kingdom of Israel. I know this sounds funny. Okay. But because now we only have one strand to deal with, it's <laughs> we like, could, that's right. They're gone, um, uh, and we're just looking at the kings of Judah. So yeah. it's a little okay. It's going to be a little simpler yes. today. The jumping between the yes, and it's it, it is complicated to read for that for that purpose, isn't it? Kings, yeah, yeah. and a lot of people have said to me, "Oh, it's so complicated to follow." Mm. Um, a good a good hint is is to actually just try to pick up on patterns and and yeah. things like that. That's the this is what are the repeated things, uh, you know. Make observation because it actually is really rich. That those things are really rich in the text. Mm. Um, there, there's a there's a way of reading these texts, and 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 I think with these stories, there are patterns. Mm. Mm. Uh, it's like, oh, this happened before, and that happened, and and this is this thing and again, therefore, and yeah. this repeated statement yeah. that happens all the way through. So, um, I I have, you know, one of the things I've I've always done as a Bible reader is I've done lots of highlighting, and uh, you know, I used to wear Bibles out because right. I would get different colored highlighters and <laughs> couldn't read them anymore. No, so yeah, so so much so that I couldn't, and and then I'd I'd put that one aside and and start a new one. Right. Um, now, well, before we jump in, let's 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 
get to here. We're yep. at, at Deeper Places, episode 149. We are still in Kings, although we've only got a couple of ep- this yep. episode, one more to go, and we'll be moving out of the Book of Kings, but let's not rush out. Um, we're going to be largely covering 2 Kings 18 through to 2 Kings 23, so really from Hezekiah through to uh, Josiah uh, in Judah. But mm. but before we jump in there, Matt, I kind of feel like we, we at the end of our last uh, podcast, we kind of um, summarized what had happened in Israel, which is mentioned in chapter mm. 17 and 2 Kings, but we kind of skipped past Ahaz and there's some, which is the, the king of Judah, yeah. pr- right prior to Hezekiah. And there's probably some pretty important stuff we need to talk about, just a little bit about Ahaz. Mm. So let's let's jump in there, back at chapter 16, really, and just have a look at uh, what, what happens here with Ahaz and particularly his en- engagement or with uh, Isaiah. Yeah, well, this is the interesting thing about this period is that this is going to be a period after the destruction of the northern kingdom of Israel, mm. and, and Ahaz uh, kind of overlaps with that with that period. Yes, this is actually going to be a period of great prosperity for Judah, Judah. in the mm. south. Mm. Judah was in some ways probably diminished by the prosperity of the north, the, the northern kingdom of Israel, those northern tribes. Uh, I mean, it you know maybe because very rich countryside actually uh, up in the north, it's much it's much greener. You get once you go down south, uh, it's it's a little bit more arid. That perhaps could be part of it, but um, it was always the wealthy, right. you know, the rich the rich cousin really yes. in the north. Yeah. Uh, whereas Judah now really comes to prominence, and and you know Jerusalem comes to prominence as as a real import the the real important city in that area mm. um before probably more samaria and and up there in the north um so uh so this is a time of great prosperity ahaz becomes uh king of judah ahaz is a real politician um but he's uh you know this is this is the the first of the real bad king. I mean, we've had bad kings in the south, yeah. but he's he's and you would think, wouldn't you, that they would look look at the north, look at what happened in the north. Let's not be that. Yep. Yeah, let's not let's not go where they went. But no. actually, it's it's not. In fact, it says uh, here in um, one king two sorry two kings sixteen mm. that. Uh, it says, unlike uh, his fa- David, his father, he did not do what was right in the eyes of the Lord. He followed the ways of the kings of Israel mm-hmm. and even sacrificed his son in the fire, yeah. engaging in the detestable practice of the nations the Lord had driven out for the Israelites. Um, he offered sacrifice and burned incense at high place on the hilltops and under every spreading tree. I mean, this guy, is, he, he really goes the whole hog now. And, um, and so, ironically, at this very time, uh, he is... Uh, he is every bit as bad, if not worse, perhaps, than the kings in the north. Yes. Yep. Now, as you said, this is the time when Isaiah is uh, is prophesying as well. Uh, so Isaiah is very active here. Yeah. And there is um, uh, th- there's a there's a situation. In fact, the uh, Isaiah, a chap- very famous Isaiah chapter s- um, chapter seven chapter yep. seven prophecy. Mm-hmm. Um, happens sort of early in in his reign. Uh, Isaiah chapter seven prophecy is the virgin will the, the, the virgin or the young woman in Hebrew yes. the same thing will will give birth. give birth and have a child and mm. the context for that because we know that prophecy uh, uh, very well. It uh, actually what the prophecy in its original context is saying because there was this um, alliance of the northern the, the northern king of Israel. Yes. Uh, 
uh, Pekah, one of the last of the kings. So this mm. is just before the fall. Mm. Uh, like, And when I say about a decade before the fall of Israel, yeah. so early uh, in Ahaz's reign, um, uh, he... They, they he forms an alliance with Aram, and they cut. You know, they they basically um, uh, a threat to yes. Ahaz. Isaiah comes to Ahaz, says, "By the time this child, a, a, a young, here's the prophecy: a young woman will give birth to a child. By the time the child grows old enough to to, to tell mm. good from bad, mm. so you know, probably around the age of fourteen, these." These kingdoms are going to be completely decimated yeah, by the king of Assyria. Yeah. Now, you know th- this is interesting that you know at that stage you got a bad king, but Isaiah is saying, uh, "Don't worry about them because mm. they're going to be destroyed." But I think in that destruction that's going to happen, it happens during Ahaz's time. Yes, there's a bit of a warning there mm. as well because Judah is no better. And this is the interesting thing: at this point, Judah is no better, yeah. uh, and yet. When, uh, you know, and yet at this time, it's the northern kingdom that falls and God's just holding on. And for the sake of his covenant with David, he's, you know, Judah, look, Judah has done, has done better. Judah hasn't had the same patterns. You've got a really bad king in, in Ahaz right now. Uh, but God is preserving, yes, preserving Judah. Yeah. And, and Judah's going to hold out uh, because um, the, the next king, uh, Hezekiah, is... Is going to be a godly man, yes, and he's going to hold out mm. while the northern kingdom gets destroyed. So this is a really interesting story. Uh, Ahaz go, he he becomes a bit of a um, he actually, in fact, despite that prophecy, rather than uh, just trusting in God, he actually sends off to the king of Assyria. Yes, that's right. Uh, I think maybe you know Isaiah says, "Don't worry about the uh, the Ammonites and the." And, and the, the, the Israelites up yeah. in the north, the king of Assyria is going to come and wipe them out. So, so I, make peace with the king of Assyria, yeah, essentially. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, so he sends letters to the king of That's Assyria right. saying, you know, come and help me. Yeah. Uh, I'll make peace with you. I'm not sure if, if that was the idea. I don't mm. think the idea mm. wasn't for him to really lean on the king of Assyria. The prophecy was meant to just say, this is going to happen. Yes. Uh, no, that's and, right. and, and with a with a implied warning, make sure you don't act like them. Mm. Um, but he, you know, he calls on the king of Assyria, goes up to Damascus. Mm. When the king of Assyria is coming down, uh, he goes up to Damascus. The king of Assyria has won these, you know, clearly the 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 victor now in that area, and he just takes on. Well, I'm going to become an Assyrian. He goes the full the whole. I'm yep. just going to. We're going to. Hey everyone, we're going to become Assyrians now. Uh, and and he you know imports the uh, the Assyrian cult and the, the, the an, an altar from Damascus he brings back and and he just completely yeah, uh, yeah. gives gives way to their their customs and their worship. So uh, in fact, it says you know he he in, he, he does certain things to the temple in deference yes. to the king of Assyria. I That's mean, right. it's not that it, evil was even required. He just goes f- beyond because he he wants to really make friends with. He's going to worship their gods, and of mm. course, he's thinking, "Well, look, their gods, uh, their gods seem to have prevailed here. So, yeah, I guess I'll worship their gods." Yeah, am I going to hear more about that in Hezekiah? When you know, that's important background yeah, for right. you know that that <laughs> idea. Oh, their gods are stronger. Yeah. Uh, so I'll worship their gods. Now, what's going to happen when the when the Assyrians are going to come down 
uh, and besiege the city of Jerusalem, mm. Assyrians are going to say exactly the same, same thing. thing. Like, hey, our gods have beaten every other gods. Don't think that your God yeah. is going to hold on out against us. So the background is Ahaz's lack of faith is going to be shown up um, by Hezekiah's faith in this in this situation. So that's probably all we need to say yeah, yeah. about yeah, Ahaz. Um, really bad guy. Yeah. Uh, God's still speaking. Uh, Hezekiah comes to the throne. Uh, Hezekiah's one of the greatest kings. Probably, probably, you know bettered by not not probably definitely bettered by Josiah later we're going to have a look at two yes. yep. uh, th- these two kings mainly today mm. Hezekiah no actually we're going to look talk about Manasseh Manasseh's as well um Hezekiah and Josiah are the two really great you know I mean really good ki- that, you know who who brought about great reforms yes. and and yep. Josiah is probably the greatest uh, of those Hezekiah has a bit of a lapse later on mm. in his life he becomes proud um but he, here's Hezekiah coming to Judah, you know, a godly king, but yeah. right at the time where probably Judah is facing, or Jerusalem in particular, the greatest threat it's ever faced and ever known in terms yeah. of the attack from Assyria. That's right. And and in a sense, um, it's interesting, I'm looking over at your Bible and you've got a map uh, uh, open, which reminds me to say, Stu, that the even though um, this area is, is a bit of a backwater in, in some respects, it's important because it's the gateway, it's the bridge, the land bridge, in a sense, to down to Egypt. Yep. Yep. So Judah is sandwiched between these great empires now. This is, the, this is now the, the era of great empires. Mm. Um, you know, if you went back, uh, say, 500 years earlier, you've got smaller nation states, really. Uh, now you've got big empires forming. Yes, Look, Egypt was already a force to be reckoned with Babylon uh, was earlier, but unchallenged yep. in, in some respects. N- yep. Now you've got these big mm. empires starting to clash. And the interesting thing, this is the interesting thing about this, this area called the Promised Land. You often wonder, why there, of all the places, yeah, yeah. why there? You know, it's, I, I think heard someone point out, you know, the irony of the fact that God put his people in the only piece of land in the Middle East without oil. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's right. So it was not about, it was not about the oil. Uh, it's because it was this gateway, it was a crossroads mm. between, you know, between Egypt, East, yeah. uh, you know, it, it was it was where you know Phoenicia was where you you got on a boat the to trade. go yeah. uh, west to Italy and so forth. Mm, mm. Uh, it was this crossroads place where if you had a message that you wanted to get out to the world, good place to be. That's the best place to yeah. be. It's like the street. Everyone corner. came yeah. by your door. That's Everyone right. came yeah. by your door. Now the problem is that. This you're also in the middle of the trouble. I mean, everyone wants to control this piece of land because yeah. this is the bridge. Yeah. We all want to control the bridge, right? Yeah. Uh, so, um, so they're caught in between, you know, and uh, and this is why you know the northern northern kingdom, uh, which tries to hold out, they get completely decimated. Yeah, Hezekiah, you know, is ruling in the south uh, while this is happening. Uh, now. The the interesting pattern here. There's an interesting pattern in the in how the way that this story is told, particularly in Chronicles, because Chronicles puts a, a lot of, and, and you get this in Kings as well. He he is first and foremost a reformer. You get this sense yes. that he he turns the people back to God, and then it, it's it's the it's Jesus uh, talking about the the house built on the sand and the rock. I mean, when Jesus talked about, you know, mm. the house on the sand and the house on the rock and the mm. storm came and the house on the rock stood while the house built on the, on the sand got washed away, mm. that 
could that could have been a commentary on the events that are happening right now yeah. in terms of Judah in the south and Israel in the north yeah. because Israel are the house built on the sand what what we see Hezekiah doing right here is building his house on the rock yeah and then the storm's going to come and it's going to wipe out the northern kingdom mm. but he's going to remain still amazingly actually mm. He, and even to, even today, uh, from a secular history point of view, it is actually amazing yeah, it is. that everything gets wiped out in this whole region except Jerusalem. Yeah. And how on earth does that happen? You know, yeah. you've even because there's a lot of history. There's a lot of Assyrian history. The Assyrian, uh, the um, uh, sorry, a Babylonian uh, history. Babylonian chronicles mm. record all of these things. We're, we're well within recorded history now yes, yeah. because these events get recorded by the Babylonians as well. And the re- reality is Hezekiah came, when he came into power, he knew they had they didn't have the resources in their own way to defeat or to defend Jerusalem from the Assyrians. No. So straight away he turns to God and goes, yeah. you're the only one who's really going to be able to save us here. Now he does have a bit of a lapse where he tries to, he thinks he might be able to. Yeah, to buy know, off the buy king, off of, Assyria. The king yeah. of Assyria. Yeah, and um, that costs him dearly actually. Does, so yeah. so just the, the first thing to point, the, the, are those reform. I mean, yeah, let's absolutely. just really mark that. Yep. You know, he, he, he inst- inst- reinstitutes the, the, you know, the temple services. Yes. Uh, that's really gone into into think It's really been lost a lot of that the rhythms of life yep. that is, were so crucial to you know being God's people were lost. You yes. know, I mean, not unlike in some ways, not unlike the time times in which we live, when a lot of the rhythms, you know, people have moved away from a lot of those rhythms. I think, mm. I think for us, you know, that that the two year the two years of lockdowns really sort of tested that. Yes. You know, yeah. and 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 I. I make that point because when I read that, I just thought about this is, you know, this in a sense is a time of rebuilding and, mm, mm. and, and for, for Hezekiah, he responded to that rebuilding called reestablish the rhythms of worship, yes. get those back into place yes. because there's a storm on the horizon coming. I mean, he, he didn't necessarily know that, although, you know, Isaiah was, there were plenty of warnings in yes. a sense. I mean, if, if you were listening to Isaiah during this time, and Isaiah is a, one of the key characters in the story of Hezekiah. Mm. So he builds his house on the rock mm. so that when, uh, when the um, – and, 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 and then he um, – there's actually this moment where uh, the, the, the reigning uh, king of Assyria dies mm. and – so Hezekiah, this is we know this from secular history. I'm giving you a bit of background no, here. So it's probably at this time that he withdraws paying tribute. He rebels against the king right. of Assyria. It right. says, yeah. and and most probably is the ring, you know, because this tended to happen when a when a king died in, with these great empires. Um, the small nation states, the vassal states that paid enormous tribute, um, would rebel. Yeah. Take the opportunity to get take the opportunity, clear. yeah, that, yep. to get clear because mm. the long they've got to come a long way mm. uh, to pull us into line. Mm. Uh, so Hezekiah Hezekiah does this; he rebels against the king of Assyria. Uh, there's a sense it, it's not just a political thing. There's a sense of his faith has been bolstered in a sense. Uh, we, we you know we can stand against these guys, but he's most probably also you know from a history point, he's most probably um, you know mobilizing some of the other states as well. Yes. Yeah. During, and and he knows that they're going to come. Yes, and, and he knows they're on. Prepared the, for that. He's Absolutely. getting prepared for that. Absolutely. So, yeah. the interesting thing is, I talked about the prosperity uh, during this time, and and 
this time for Hezekiah also is a time of great prosperity, and we know that from archaeology, because Jerusalem quadruples in size Mm. during the reigns of uh, Ahaz and and particularly Hezekiah, Uh, four times the size. Now, partly because once the northern kingdom is destroyed, a lot of people move to the south move to the south like there are a lot of refugees so he has to he has to build these new walls right around the city uh, that's the one thing you can see the Hezekiah's wall that's been excavated in the in the old city of Jerusalem yeah. uh, you know a quickly built wall because he knows it's it's quite yes. a quickly built wall yes. and you yeah. can see it today yeah. uh, because he knows the Assyrians are on their way one amazing thing that he does he thinks well uh, when the Assyrians come, we've got to cut off the water supply yeah. because he knows that they're going to they're going to um, lay siege to the mm, city. Mm. So he thinks I've got to not give them access to water. So what he does, he blocks off the spring, uh, the Gion Spring that's mm. outside the walls. He redirects it in underground in tunnel. Yep. Yeah, he builds a tunnel. So underground blocks it up underground uh, a tunnel that's 2000 feet long I think. yeah, yeah 2000 feet long yeah yeah, yeah it's a decent tunnel. through rock and you yeah. can walk i've walked through the whole length wow. of, of this yeah. tunnel yeah uh, and you can still all the chips you know mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. they did it from two different directions to this day no one knows how on earth they, they managed met. to <laughs> actually meet because they were going from two different directions wow. and it was redirected so the water was redirected inside the walls on mm-hmm. the western side of the city mm-hmm. uh, of david so, uh, so he was it, getting prepared. He knew they were coming. Yeah, and it was amazing engineering oh, feat yeah. and done in a hurry yeah. and done accurately. So uh, it's it's pretty amazing. And there was an inscription actually there uh, as well mm. uh, about it. So um, this is, you know, this is what he's doing to prepare. For the, he knows they're coming mm. and, and come they do. Uh, and, uh, of course, uh, they come up against the – come up to the walls. They've, they've destroyed these other – all of these other cities, yep. Um, notably, uh, for the second time, actually, they've they've laid siege to and destroyed the city of Lachish, which was a very important yeah. um, city. We don't hear a lot about it in the Bible, but it was an important city. Uh, it says actually here in uh, in the story in Second Kings eighteen that the that the commander of the armies of Assyria came from Lachish mm. uh, over to Jerusalem. Mm. Basically, they're saying, "Hey, look what we just did to Lachish. to uh, Lachish, the city of Lachish. We're going to yeah. do that to you We're as well. And don't think it. your God's going to yeah, go right. to save you." Um, and actually, you can see today uh, in the in the British Museum. Uh, next time you're in London, Stu. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, go to the mate. British Museum, <laughs> <laughs> and there are. Uh, these massive carvings that right. were for originally from the walls of um, the palaces mm. of the king of Babylon, mm. uh, of the king of Assyria and Nineveh, from the palaces in Nineveh, mm. carvings of the siege of Lachish. The, right. uh, yeah. Like it's almost it's like you know the whole narrative from the armies coming in, marching in to the siege. You've got all of this detail, siege ramps. Mm. The whole thing is pictured in so much detail. A lot of gory, gory detail. Mm. What happens to the people when they get captured, and uh, you know the, all these depictions of people impaled on poles and being all sorts of terrible things happening, mm-hmm. uh, because this was to drive fear. Yes, the, the fear was their weapon. Yeah, that's uh, exactly the, right. the Assyrians treated their their captives terribly, and they lined the roads with people impaled uh, on poles. So when sense, they come to Jerusalem. Yep. 
people have retreated into Jerusalem. Mm. They've heard about what they just did. Mm. Uh, fear is the big is now the big tool of the of the commander. Yeah. Uh, you 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 need to submit to us, or this is going. Now, of course, he tries to buy him off. As you said, he tries to buy him off first. In some yeah, ways, that you doesn't... can kind of understand that, though, can't you? With that, you know, with that. The level of fear. That's about right. Your loved ones and your family yeah. and the people that you know, and realizing yeah. this could happen, yeah. there's got to be a way. Yeah. To, that's right, and it's yeah. not far away that no, this is happening. Exactly it's right. not far away at all. Yeah. So, uh, so Hezekiah tries to buy him off at first. That doesn't work. Mm. He comes to the, you know, comes to the walls. Then th- there is this th- this speech. Yes. Uh, you know, it escalates. Yeah. Don't don't. It's you know, shouts to the people yeah. uh, along the walls. Mm. Don't think. Don't mm. listen to King Hezekiah. Your God's not going to save you. Mm. You you know, no God has been able to stand against us, uh, us and and the gods of of Assyria. You're doomed. Mm. Um, the in the Babylonian chronicle, um, they it says uh, that they 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 trapped Hezekiah. Uh, and the people of Jerusalem up like a bird in a cage. Yeah, that's right. Now it actually stops. Doesn't say. And and it's the interesting thing about the Babylonian chronicle is it talks a lot about all Lachish. of these others, well, Lachish other cities. Lachish, yeah. Lachish, but Lachish was just a like a fort. Staging. Uh, you know, it was an important yeah. city, but it wasn't the capital. No, that's right. So there's this glaring kind of a question. Well, hang on, but you know what? What about Jerusalem? Because of course they never talked about their failures. Well, Jerusalem is going to become a major failure for the Assyrians, as we're going to see. So, and and interesting too, the representative of the king of Assyria is speaking in Hebrew because he wants all the people yeah. on the wall to hear. Because exactly that point, he's, he's using fear. To them. That's exactly right. He's right. using fear, and he thinks uh, that this is going to put this uh, is a private negotiation. I'm going to make sure everyone knows. It's going to put going pressure to on the king. Exactly. And yeah. you know, this kind of thing, they did this because it worked normally. Yes, they would go to one city, mm. an easier target. They would des- absolutely decimate that city. They would As pull the example. people out. They yep. would they would uh, unleash all sorts of terrors on the people mm. uh, in order to, uh, in, you know, inflict fear. Yep. Uh, and and to sort of submit through the use of fear the, yep. the next the next target. That's what they're doing here. Now this is where the house built on the rock now doesn't fall. I mean, it staggers. Doesn't it? Yes, it does. You know, because he thinks I'm going to try. But the first thing he does is try to buy them off. But yes. then that doesn't work, yeah. and he's really pushed against the wall. And here it's like now he's got no one else to turn to, mm-hmm. uh, except uh, except God. And so I, I mean, I, I love this story. In fact, it's told. This is such an important story. It's told uh, three times in the Bible, in the Book of Isaiah, mm-hmm. in the Book of Chronicles, and here in the Book Kings. of Kings, as well as, uh, of course, in the Babylonian Chronicles. Um. Uh. So it says when Hezekiah heard this, the words of the mm. commanders of the Assyrian army, he tore his clothes, he put on sackcloth, went into the temple of the Lord, mm. you know, and he lays the the letter out that they've given him before the Lord, and mm. and you know, uh, and and Isaiah comes and speaks to him and says, yeah, that not one this they're not one arrow. This gonna they you it's it's the, it's quite a remarkable yeah uh, a remarkable prophecy you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the way Hezekiah kind of um, comes at it from the perspective of not so much their safety or prosperity, but more the fact that he wants to defend God's honor. This guy has said that you're just a no God, like all these other gods. That's his appeal. Exactly right. And and so so Hezekiah's prayer stands in the tradition of great Mm. intercessory prayers that have an appeal. Lord, it's your glory at stake here. It's not just about it. You know, these and and these prayers are recorded because this is 
Like this is a man who has a heart for God, right? Mm. So when the city is threatened, the thing that he, he that enrages him the most is that they have said that their gods are yes. greater. Yeah. They've they've cursed the God of Israel. Yes, they've they've you know unleashed slanders upon the God of Israel. So this is when you get this amazing answer from Isaiah, you know. Uh, Towards the end in verse 32, he will not enter this city. He will not shoot an arrow here. Mm. He will not come before it with a shield or he will not build a siege ramp again. All Mm. of what, what, like what a, what a remarkable prophecy. Yeah, that's right. He's not going to shoot one arrow. Mm. Mm. Like the whole army is all, uh, uh, it's, you you can almost hear Hezekiah saying, ah, but they're actually already here. They're at the door. I mean, the arrow, the, the, like they're already here, yeah. you know. Yeah. So how how are they not going to do that? Like yeah. what what's got to happen for that? Well, uh, th- this great amazing verse here in Second uh, Kings nineteen thirty five. That night, mm. the angel of the Lord went out and put to death a hundred and eighty five thousand mm. in the Assyrian camp. Mm. When the people got up the next morning, morning there were all the dead bodies. So Sennacherib, king of Assyria, broke camp and withdrew. He returned to Nineveh yep. uh, and stayed there. And then he was actually killed. Um, yeah. By some of his officials. Now, the interesting thing uh, about this, you, you think, oh, that's how, how could that? Well, I'm talking to the skeptics, of course, you know. <laughs> but the thing is, we are well within history here. Yes, this it's actually even uh, th- there's a there's a slightly garbled uh, account in Herodotus, the Greek historian Herodotus, mm. who records this. Account, most probably this account when the Assyrian army was destroyed during a siege by some I think I think he puts it down to like a plague of mice or something right uh, so the story this story had got around, around. enough yeah. for you know uh, for Herodotus to pick up this story yeah. somewhere uh, I think he picks it up in Egypt or mm. somewhere mm. Uh, this was a famous story in the ancient world of how this Assyrian mm. army mm. Uh, got destroyed by this plague, mm. you know. Whatever specifically, it's just amazing. And and then, of course, you've got the records, the Assyrian records, uh, boasting of all of the, you know, all of the victories of the little towns. But yeah, what about Jerusalem? No mention. Uh, that's no that's mention. a conspicuous yeah. silence. Yeah. Were they kind the of trying to make the big the big yeah, game? Yeah, that's right. In fact, really, yeah. Jerusalem yeah. was the big game, yes. but that that you know that doesn't work out. Yeah. So you know, history really uh, really corresponds with this. Hez- uh, to close off the life of Hezekiah, Hezekiah becomes ill. Interesting, just before you move on, yep. and it's just a little yep. interesting thing that I noticed, is that, that the victory is won for Hezekiah in the temple, yep. and the victory is won by God, by the king of uh, Assyria. In, in his temple. temple. Yeah, he, he dies in his in temple, temple. worshipping his God. Worshipping yeah. his God, and he was killed in his temple. Anyway, just an interesting Yeah, that's... That's uh, isn't that a really interesting and and I think that the the parallel there again the writer is recording that because he's saying God's speaking through this mm. so you know so here now are let's two see kings worshiping their yeah, gods yeah let's see which god can protect yeah now. let's see yeah you know? so his god he's in his you know this is this incredibly powerful king mm. in his temple with he gets killed mm. when uh, there is Hezekiah in his temple praying to his god with. You know, and hundreds of thousands, you know, yeah, like exactly. all of these Assyrians out in the walls and he survived. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, this is, again, it's the house on the rock and the sand here. Yeah. Um, Hezekiah, it's interesting, Hezekiah becomes ill. He's told by the prophet Isaiah is going to die. Hezekiah, 
you know, weeps and seeks God over this. He gets another 15 years. Yes. During this 15 years, (laughs) uh, Manasseh's born. Yes. You sort of think... Manasseh, of course, is Hezekiah's son. Yeah, Manasseh's Hezekiah's son. And Manasseh's going to be the worst of the worst. I mean, we thought Ahaz was bad. No, Manasseh's going to go way worse than this. Um, You sort of think, okay, maybe God's timing perhaps was best. It's also, there's a bit of pride here in these these later years. This is a a time of lapse as well. I mean, you know, you, you think it's interesting because, again, this is not just history. There's a prophetic message to this. It's like your time is your time. Mm. God knows your yeah. time. Yep. And what happens in this last 15 years isn't great. No. Uh, in fact, he, you know, he, he, he becomes quite proud. You know, Manasseh's born during this time, this next king who's going to be brought up in, in this wealth and in this time of lapse, and he's going to become the king. So, you know, he's he boasts to these Babylonian envoys. They come and, yeah. you know, look how powerful I am. And probably and because they'd treasures. heard the story that had happened to the Assyrians. Yeah. So they were kind of, and so, you know, he's now, in a sense, almost trying to say, well, here's what we've got and why, when in fact, you know, his pride rather yeah. than God's kind of glory here yeah. and, and showing off all the trades, all the state secrets, really. Yeah, that's right. To yeah. the Babylonians. Yeah. And, so his pride just is, is, is his downfall yeah. here because, yeah. you know, they, they come, I mean, you know, he's, he's not really giving glory to God. He, like you said, mm. he's, you know, look how powerful, look how rich I am, aren't yeah. I great? Yeah. And they're thinking, yeah, this is a uh, yeah, that's right. Like th- this is a nice little safe uh, to uh, to in- to, to invade, invade and yeah. and and plunder. Mm. So Manasseh comes to the throne. He's only young. He's only twelve years old when he becomes king. But he's grown up, you know, in this last period. He's a bit of a spoiled brat. There's probably a bit of an overlap too, where Hezekiah and, yeah. and Manasseh kind of reign. Yeah, co- 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 yeah, reign, yeah, that's I right. Guess, I yeah, for a period of time. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Not um, long, but, yep. So um, he, you know, in in summary. He goes the whole hog with everything. In fact, the writer uh, says that he actually went worse than the, the nations. I mean, he went, he was worse than the people of the nations around that God, yes, you know, yeah. told them not to have anything to to do. You know, he's worse than them. He's he's sacrificing his sons in the fire. Yeah, uh, he's practicing divination, sorcery, witchcraft. This guy goes head first into the darkest of the dark. Mm. You know. Um, he, sort of assimilates the Assyrian, the Assyrian kind of religion. Yeah. And, 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 and again, you know, probably under pressure here. Remember, you're sandwiched in between yes. big empires. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, uh, and, and there's, and this is around the time when, um, when, when Babylon and Assyria are, are jostling a little bit. There's a, you know, a, yes. Assyria is still the force to be reckoned with. Bit of a power but play. Babylon, and that's, you know, mm. the Babylon envoys sort of come around, probably it, perhaps even during the time of that co regency. Mm. You know, they're, they're, they're in conflict with. They're um, trying to get the measure of everyone yeah. around them. And in fact, it yeah. may be that Manasseh, um, that during this time, what, ha- what happened there with Hezekiah and those envoys probably means that Hezekiah was backing Babylon. Now, um, uh, so so Manasseh is going to follow this backing Babylon, but actually at first Babylon lose. The, the, yes. there's, there's initially a defeat uh, where Assyria defeats Babylon. Now, eventually mm. um, at the famous ba- Battle of Carchemish, mm. uh, Babylon's going to destroy Assyria. Mm. But at least at first uh, they back the wrong horse, so mm. to speak. Mm. So, um, so, it's interesting that what happens is that, 
you know, Manasseh's doing all of this terrible stuff. It says in Kings that he filled Jerusalem from one end to the other with blood. Yep. It's like the streets were, it's terrible, terrible things going on. He's oppressing his own people. He's, he's, and, and having just, just quickly having Hezekiah who had, who'd gone into a, a, a process of restoration of the, of the, the important things for God and, and doing yep. away with the high places and the bales. Yeah. He's bringing all of that back again. New altars to Baal were built, you know, the, the pagan worship rebuilt all the high places. Yep. So he went basically the pendulum swung. Yeah, that's right. Completely the other direction, as you say. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And so he led them to do worse than the nations, as I said, uh, around them. Uh, this is when, the, so the king of Assyria, comes back and and pro- look probably because and again this is reconstructing history mm. but probably because they backed Babylon right he you know the king of Assyria comes and he takes Manasseh back um, to, well, he actually takes him well he takes Babylon. him back to Babylon they've defeated Babylon yes, remember at that point so time, the king yeah. of Assyria comes mm. takes him back to Babylon, Babylon. Uh, probably you know I mean again putting some pieces together hey this is what happened to the to the horse that you backed you know yes, yeah um. Uh, for some, you know, and 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 this is what it's interesting. The difference there's a key difference now here between the account in Kings and the account in uh, in Chronicles, mm. because the, the account of Kings just finishes. He's a terrible king. Yes, it was all bad, and leaves it there. Yep. Because for the writer of Kings, what matters is that this is a point of no return for the yes. people of Judah. Uh, during Manasseh's reign, idolatry gets thrust so far into the heart of the nation mm. that they're not really going to recover. In a, you know, it's uh, yeah. so even Josiah's reforms aren't going to fully, you, yeah. you know, reverse the damage. Uh, re- reverse the damage. Mm. Now, um, and the Kings, of course, was written while they were still in exile. Yeah, so, yeah, that's right. So they're really trying to look. The question they're really asking is, what went wrong? What went wrong, Manasseh? This is this so. Is what went so wrong. Manasseh is is kind of the. Uh, because of the extremity to which he went in the bad, mm, mm. what the writer of Kings said, this is what led to that, right? Yeah. Now, remember, they're you know, in exile, of course, and, and so the massive temptation is eg- in exile is to be, in fact, that's why, yeah. that's why they took the people into exile, so they would assimilate and mm. become Babylonians mm. and you know, practice all of the cultic practices of the Babylonians. So the Manasseh story is a cautionary story for the writer uh, of Kings. But to... In the writer Chronicles. of Chronicles is writing to a people who have been restored, and That's is God right. really with us anymore? Yes, yes. Uh, now that we've, you know, we've, we've been, we've come back to Jerusalem, we're starting over. Does God really forg- re- is He really still with us? Well, this is where the chronicler goes back to the official records mm-hmm. and tells us something that the writer of Kings wasn't as interested in. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and and you know, Manasseh has this amazing turnaround that in his in his distress. Uh, he cries Be, out because he, and, and man, he would have been in distress oh, too. Yeah. They would have really, uh, he would have been mm-hmm. uh, under uh, treated terribly mm-hmm. there. He cries out to God. He says, in his distress, he sought the favor of the Lord his God, and he humbled himself greatly before the God of his ancestors. This is two Chronicles, two Chronicles 33. thirty-three, verse thirteen is truly uh, to me one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. Mm-hmm. And when he when he prayed to him, the Lord was moved by his entreaty. And listen to his plea. Yeah. So he brought him back to Jerusalem and to his kingdom. Then Manasseh knew that the Lord is God. Mm. That verse, since my young Christian years, has been uh, uh, absolutely unforgettable. Yeah. You know, and 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 you can imagine for 
the exiles, the, the, even Manasseh. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Even Manasseh was restored. The worst right? of the worst. And so he comes back from exile. Remember, you, you, you're, you're talking to people who have been in exile and come back. Yeah. And, and like, okay, does, does God forgive us and what should we do now? Mm. Well, Manasseh comes back. You can imagine what the people are thinking. Oh yeah. God, what are you doing? <laughs> bring him back. But he's a new man, isn't he? Yes. And and he comes and he build he rebuilds the city and he gets rid of all the idols and uh well, I mean he does his best uh yeah. in, in what remains uh, of his rule and he's probably very much a weakened man at at this stage. Um, but the people, it says even here in Chronicles, the people continue to sacrifice at the high uh, yeah. high places and, yeah. and so forth. So um so you have this amazing turnaround, which what a message to these exiles. Um, but going back to the story, his son rules after him when he dies for two years. Mm. Ammon's, I mean, Ammon's been brought up steeped in idolatry. Yeah. Right? So, so it's almost knows. the damage is done yes. in a sense. So yes, Manasseh himself was forgiven. The damage is done. Ammon just returns everything uh, back to the way that it was. Bring mm. back the idols. Uh, because we know that because when we get to Josiah, uh, Josiah's got a heck of a lot of work to do, yeah, yeah. a lot of house cleaning yeah. uh, to do. Yeah. Now, the interesting thing about Josiah is that of all of the other kings, there was always a however he left the high places or there was always something that they didn't do. Yes. Josiah, yeah. he he he's complete reform in that sense that he he gets rid of all of the he gets rid of all of the high his abs, all of the high places yeah. um he's one you know how they repeat in the king you know he was a good king and did right on the side of the lord he's one of the few i think that may only be two i think where it actually says and walked in all the ways of his ancestor david he did not turn to the right yeah that's right left yeah and yeah. so there's no real downside to his yeah, rule exactly. you know he doesn't i mean he's he's really quite uh you know, quite a remarkable king. Yeah. Uh, all of this begins, of course, with the discovery of, of, the, of the book, book of the law. law. The they read that it's, it's all in response to this. Um, you know, this is, you know, I mean, dr- during, it's during the exile and after the exile that a lot of emphasis is going to be put on, res- you know, God's word, God's law and, and responding to that. Um, he goes about these amazing reforms, just completely cleans yeah. out cleans out the house, renews the covenant, institutes the Passover. It's this, you know, quite a revival. It's and quite Passover, a revival happens. Passover hasn't been celebrated for over 500 years at that point in time. To the time of the judges, I think. Was no, the not last not to this extent. Not to this yeah, extent. not to this extent. I mean, to, as, to, a nation, in, as a yeah, nation. Yeah, as a yes. whole, yeah, as a whole nation. Yeah. So, you know, it says neither before nor after Josiah was there a king who mm. turned to the Lord as he did. Mm. Um. That's in verse 25. Now, in verse 26, it says, Nevertheless, the Lord did not turn away from the heat of his fierce anger, which burned against Judah because of all that Manasseh had done to arouse his anger. Um, All of this happens, and then within a decade, within sort of, well, uh, uh, let me think, uh, we're about... um, It's about 605. Yeah, that's right. Within a decade uh, of... Of Josiah's time, the nation is completely destroyed. Yeah, yep. and you think, hang on, what? What's the point mm-hmm. of of all of that? Because you have this string of kings who basically again revert back, and this shows how, you know, how entrenched they had been. Mm-hmm. So there was a revival. Yep, uh, the revival probably particularly uh, um, impacted the lives of the younger. Generations. Younger generation, 
particularly the nobility, the core people really around Jerusalem, you get the sense that mm. that even though he did his best, I mean, he even went up to the northern kingdom. Yeah, he did. Uh, try to, you know, call them to come down and become a part of this. And, and he tore, tore down the golden calf altar. That's right. He was the only one who actually that's went right. and dealt with those as well. That's the, right. The, the he tore Jeroboam. down Jeroboam's altar. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So he does all of this. Um. It has limited impact, but it has impact. Mm. Now, because uh, at the end of his reign, um, it's, it's interesting that the way that he dies is, it's it's a slightly uh, uh, unfortunate death. Because what happens, the, the king of Egypt, we know from secular history, king of Egypt's coming north to actually fight the Battle of Carchemish in mm. 609 yeah, right. BC. Um, he's passing through, they have to pass through. Uh, the 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 Jezreel Valley there, um, w- which is ruled at this time by Josiah, right. they said, "Just let us part. We're, we're coming. Part. We're not. We're not going to uh, bother you. We're going to engage uh, with the Babylon. You know, we're joining with the Assyrians to fight against Babylon." Josiah doesn't let them. Is not going to let them through. Mm. Now we don't know why. Yeah. We don't know that his reasons were bad or good, but he, you know, he fights against them. He actually p- dies in that battle. Yeah, he does. Yep. Um, that's the Battle of Carchemish. After the Battle of Carchemish, uh, the Babylonians come down. They annex the area because, of course, after he dies. And this is, this is, I think, is the, our answer to what, why this, and we'll finish with this, Stu, yeah. why this amazing revival just seemingly leads to nothing. No, no. This revival saves the nation. The nation. Mm. Because... It, crea- it it basically what you get in this revival arises a generation of young men steeped in the word mm-hmm. the children of Josiah's revival people like Daniel Shadrach Meshach Abednego mm-hmm. people we read about in the exile what, what you know this remarkable faith seemingly out of nowhere well no it's not out of nowhere these these guys grew up in the midst of Josiah's revival. He was sowing seeds that were going to save the next generation. The Jewish people are going to ex- continue to exist as a fact because of what Josiah did, because he planted seeds. He built that house on a rock. And yes, it was going to, it was going to be buffeted, and, but the house wasn't the physical city. And this is in one of the changes in a sense. That, you know, the, the house is actually the people, and the people are going to move. They're going to go into exile. But they are going to, you know, some of the most amazing visions of God in the whole Bible are actually given to God's people in that the darkness of that exile. We see amazing faith. It's an amazing time. The seeds for that were sown by Josiah. Never, ever doubt the significance of small seeds, the seeds that we sow in our children, because God is always thinking multi-generationally and who knows what's up ahead. Thanks for listening to this episode of Thrive Deeper. Our home on the internet is thrivetoday.tv. You can contact us, ask questions, see all our resources and much more at our website, thrivetoday.tv. We really appreciate the questions and thoughts about what you're reading as we go through the Bible with Thrive. Until next time, our prayer is that these shows will inspire you to go deeper and thrive. 